welcome to this weekend interview with your host, Anthony Drago. It is Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 p.m. in Dominica and the rest of the Eastern Caribbean. On well, a Wednesday night at 8 p.m., we have this weekend interview, a program of TDN Radio, where I have the, the privilege and honor to have conversations with persons of interest, persons who have information to share, and I get to share those conversations with you. Uh, that's actually the highlight of my weekend. Forward hour with you, and I know there's some of you who who are regular, you, you, you're with me every Wednesday night. And of course, you know, I never take that for granted. I appreciate the time. I really love the fact that you make Tonight is the first time that you're going to be listening to this weekend interview. I hope that you will find us sufficiently stimulating that you will also become a regular listener to this interview. Our objective on this weekend interview is to, to bring you conversation from a different angle. Let us, you know, everything that is in the news or is happening, we bring it to you, but from a different angle. Because I like to say, if you are able to turn on your television or your radio or, or surf the internet and get what we're saying, then there's no need for us. So, this weekend interview is intended to be a, a show with a difference, and I, and I think we have been able to achieve that. So, if you are a listener, that will regularly know that one of my partners is CARICOM, but not necessarily CARICOM, but Caribbean Unity. I am one of those persons that is but operating economically, have trade agreement, I think the Caribbean should be one country, one family, one nation. However, we choose to organize it so that everybody can still keep their individual um, island mentality, and not mentality, but nationality, fine. But I, I strongly believe that as one country, we would, we would indeed be a very powerful country. So, uh, you know, my little plug for that every week is to begin the show with the CARICOM anthem. Nicole Henderson from Dominica won the competition that CARICOM had um, to determine what would be the CARICOM anthem. a beautiful job of singing the CARICOM anthem. So let's listen to her as she sings the CARICOM anthem. And when I come back after that break, we are going to launch into what I promise you is going to be a very in-depth, a very informative, and a very stimulating conversation with a, with a very particular and dignified guest. So let's listen to Mikael Henderson as she does the Kyrie Command theme, and we will be right back with our special guest. Stay tuned. From many distant lands, our forefathers came. Some seeking adventure, some bound in chains. Through battles waged and fought, through victory and pain, by test of their courage, our freedom was gained. And all 
hands in the sun. We vow to join hands and to focus on building one Caribbean. Raise your voice. You know, there are many choices when it comes to domain registration, web hosting, and dedicated servers. But I have to tell you about Jocko Hosting. They're simply the best. With their 99.9% uptime guarantee, 24-7 sales and support teams, you'll never have to worry. Get in touch with them today. They offer plenty of other products and services like SSL certificates, managed WordPress, and more. Call or click today, 480-624-2500. Jocko.com. That's J-A-C-H-Q-O dot com. Registers, welcome back. Um, on this weekend interview, my guest is none other than Mr. Peter Carbon. Peter the, was is the former Minister of Agriculture in Dominica as part of the United Workers Party government between the, the years um, 1995 to 2000. And um, I, I said that it would have been it's very good to, to bring him on air because I, I, I strongly believe that as a country, we have to focus on the areas where we are strong, where we have advantages in agriculture, no doubt, is, is a strong suit for the islands of the Caribbean. And so I want you to give Peter a very warm welcome to this weekend interview. Peter, Carbon, um, I am absolutely delighted that you were able, you're able to join us tonight on this weekend interview. Welcome. Thank you very much, Mr. Drago. 
um, your brother work with me, so I'm I'm very close to your family. Yeah, no, you, I, I, you know, uh, like they say, all declare all, 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 you know, all, all your interests. You and I know each other from way back. Um, you know, as a younger person growing up, you were the minister of agriculture and commanded a lot of respect in that office as the minister of agriculture. So, so I'm very honored and privileged to have you on the show with us tonight. So let us start off for our listeners who are not necessarily from Dominica. And even those from Dominica who may not be familiar with you, I want to give you the opportunity to just introduce yourself um, to to the folks who are listening and your your background in agriculture, if you will. Well, um, good night to all the listeners, especially those from Dominica, farmers and their families. Um, I can consider myself a friend of the farmers. I grew up on a farm um, from about nine, ten years. I had to be doing my share of work on the farm. I'm leaving school maybe once a, a week to carry bananas and every holiday and weekends I work on the farm to in coconuts and limes and grapefruits. So um, I was born on a farm and carry farming and agriculture in my heart. Um, farming is about food production is, and is the most important industry, the oldest and most important industry to man. And Dominica with its abundance of Soil, water, and sun. We are in a position to be um, to embrace the opportunities in agriculture. Um, as Minister of Agriculture, I was well prepared for that position. I was trained in the Eastern Caribbean School of Agriculture and Forestry, and uh, then University of the West Indies, where I got formal training and with a number of other um, attachment and training in the UK, in Barbados. And um, I can say all over the world. So when I got the opportunity to serve as the policy maker for agriculture in Dominica, I went right away to get to work to strengthen our main industry was bananas at the time, as well as develop the other crops and livestock. And I was also responsible for the forestry and parks and fisheries. So it was a full plate, but... Um, I put everything into it, and um, I can say I was very satisfied that I um, did bring some hope to the farmers and set the foundation to modernize our, our agriculture. So, so let, 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 let me jump in there a little bit. Um, so, so you say that you you grew up in a farming family, in a farming community. Um, then you went and got formal training at our Caribbean institutions uh, to get this formal technical training. So, so you entered the office of Minister of Agriculture, well qualified. Before you became Minister of Agriculture, you worked as an extension officer, right? Is I have that correct? Oh yes. Um, <laughs> I started with the Department of Agriculture um, as a trainee from school. Uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Isaac Baptist was my classmate. He went into, into engineering. I went to agriculture. And, mm-hmm. um, and then the, it was the ex, um, premier, Mr. E. Olibla, who established the Bala Development Program. And I got mm-hmm. transferred into that program as one of the first, um, extension worker. And we, our job was really to bring, introduce, to support a development program to modernize the banana industry, which was really done on a subsistence level at the time. But um, Mr. Libla had the vision that he must bring technology 
and um, new skills to the farmers to help them make money. And um, the whole industry was transformed with my help. I used to be an extension officer, then um, frontline extension officer. Then um, after I came from studies, I was a food quality officer. Then mm-hmm. I was a development officer and um, interim extension and active operations manager at the DBMC before I left for politics in 95. Right. So, so, um, so I was well exposed. So you were well exposed, well rounded, and um, and well prepared, you felt, for the job as Minister of Agriculture. Let's talk a little bit about that from a, how do you say, 20,000 feet level looking down as the Minister of Agriculture, as the person who is at the head, who's responsible for setting policy, for managing the industry in general. Now, talk to us a little bit about the vision that you had for agriculture in Dominica when you were Minister of Agriculture. Well, as you know, I was part of the United Works Party, which is, called, which is known as the Farmers Party. Um, Mr. Edison James is the manager of, of the DBMC, and he himself is also a trained agriculturist and a farmer. So I was very fortunate to have the support from the other members of the group was very supportive. My assistant was the room and the farmer So we sat together and we had a vision and the vision was really to commercialize agriculture, to modernize the sector so that farmers to make uh good income for the family and Dominica support have foreign exchange. So, as you know, the banana industry has some challenges, and I see the challenges as a the death of the industry. It was just uh, creating more opportunities. So, we went down into the modernizing the industry, as well as developing the other crops, you know, at the commercial level. So, we moved the export of non-banana crops from about $12 million a year to $27 million by $10 million per year. This was done by introducing new systems of contract farming, where we identify markets and go there and produce for a specific market. And um, I mean, it was just starting ground. We had appointed five marketing officers to ensure that the farmers uh, uh, that was identified for a production had support they needed to bring the crop the market. But the general a vision of the United States Party was to really create about 3,000 full-time farmers and we put in about 50,000, more 50,000. And that was, that was our vision and we went to work, we got um, a, a, program, a project um, approved for funding by the um, European Union of $96 million and, and that project is really, it was really meant to modernize Dominican agriculture. We have. Let me say modernize. Uh, you've, you've said modernize about three times. Let's go into that. Well, well the idea yes, of modernize. Because, what do you mean by modernize? Because you, for agriculture, you must have consistent supply of water. So you have to have irrigation system. So we had approval for major irrigation system. Um, in Catalonia, Lapin, Grandi, Salisbury, Caliki, Marigat. And, um, to irrigate at least 2,000 acres of that. As you know, that is, that is critical. Dominica has a lot of water, we have a lot of rainfall, but sometimes it is not well distributed. So mm-hmm. your crops can be filled, filled easily without having the supply of water 
And even if it doesn't sell completely, it doesn't give you the, the, the production that you need because the plant is starving for water. So we did that. We introduced a, a, a agriculture facility, or we had funding for it, in order to supply um, clean um, supply of certain material. We established the engineering unit at the Ministry of Agriculture, which was a, a, a road unit, and um, we decided to modernize it and bring, give it the capacity to start researching and bringing uh, new implements and new uh, processes for supporting the farmer. We also had um, a product development unit, which would add value to our crops and our produce in the field. Um, all of this was a package that we negotiated and received funding to start the modernization process. But I said the funding was, was we were supposed to be drawing down in April of 2000, and we left office in January of 2000. We didn't get the opportunity to start that point. But mm -hmm. not having, yeah, but even before that, we, 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 we remember we had three storms, two hurricanes during the four years. But we still was able to maintain about $50,000 um, export of banana, as well as twenty to thirty. Thousands of million, million, right? Million, million, about mm -hmm. average about fifty million dollars a year from bananas, as well as about thirty million dollars in non-banana crops. So farmers were excited; they were willing to work, and I said we we were there to implement new programs for them. We had um, because of the the growing age of our farmers, we recognized that we need to bring in new blood into the sector. So we had a program called the Young Farmer Training and Development Program, where we um, attempted to train, or the goal was to train 100 farmers a year into um, getting them the basic training of agriculture, as well as provide them with financial support to implement a project on the farm. So, um, so, so let, me, we, let, let, me, let me recap. Let me recap a little bit. This is this is so important because I. I don't know if I'll get a chance to interview somebody else on the current government side to find out what plans they have for agriculture. But I think it's so important that if we had those plans drawn out, it, it, it doesn't appear on the surface that those plans are being followed. So for, there were some, so there are some very specific things that you're talking about. You're talking about the objective was to have 2,000 acres under cultivation. So, so let's put that in perspective. Um, 2,000 acres is on roughly, I don't know if you have the numbers in your head still, because it's been a while, roughly about what percentage of that is of um, arable, no cultivatable land in them. What, what, what total, um, on average, you know, how much, how much land we have in Dominica that, that, that you can, you can well, use? At the peak, we had about, I think, about 13,000 acres. Total okay. on the cultivation of the crops. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, about, about that. Um, about that. Was it peak total? But I, I see a lot of it is subsistence. But we were focusing on, on, on very intensive, um, intensive systems. So you Full time farmers, yeah. if you have 2,000 acres of, of, of land on the agriculture, in your estimation, um, with, with sufficient Sufficiently high productivity that 2,000 acres you think could, could, could be the engine of the agricultural industry. 
Well, I'll be for more intensive production because you know, I don't know, mm. I could do coconut, like you have the biggest with coconuts and mm. citrus and we were focusing on, on, on cash crops like bananas and root crops, vegetables. So about, mm. about 2000 because we, we use irrigation system. So it's really high price crop we were focusing on and not, not everything. Right. Okay. So the idea was to irrigate 2000 acres, have 2000 acres of land. With what you can call control the water supply and, and all of that and, and you and that would be bananas and root crops and vegetables, uh-huh. yes. Okay. Yeah. And and then and then you said the, the objective was to train was to train about three thousand farmers and with a with a net income of about fifty thousand dollars. Fifty thousand dollars yes. Which we think would provide a, a decent Life and, and, and you think that, you think that would provide sufficient incentives for us to go into agriculture? Well, that, that would, I mean, help them be full time. You know, he's making about right. 50,000 dollars a year in agriculture mm-hmm. and, um, that would help you to at least stay in the sector as a full time. Yeah, right. and that's a minimum, eh? Yes. Mm-hmm. Because, um, some are making up to 80,000 dollars at a time a year, right. some of them, you know, so. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was a minimum target we had, you know? Because, right. because the, the thing is, you had to be able to select, I say, a core farmers that mm-hmm. would maintain the industry. I mean, there would be many other farmers who would be more or less operating on a subsistence level and part-time, but you'd mm-hmm. have a core of producers that you know that can um, supply your markets. If you negotiate the markets, you have a core of people that will be able to, to make you supply the products. Yeah. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. When we came in office, Bello was producing peppers. He used to import pepper puree from Costa Rica. We went to Bello and we started with him and said, look, what do you need to stop? How much pepper do you need? And we went back to the farmers, recruited some farmers, and within a year, farmers were able to supply only pepper for Bello factory, mm-hmm. as well as have pepper for export. You know, right. so we, 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 we target that. And mm-hmm. we did the same thing with dashing. We used to do about a container of dashing a, 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 a week, um, exports. And the same way we target farmers, prepare them, give them the supply, give them the training, and we were able mm-hmm. to get a steady supply of dashing every week. Mm-hmm. And we also had, um, container loads of produce going to the UK. So the uh, market was, was there. We, 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 let me give you an example of, uh, another example. We went to a, a supermarket chain in Barbados and negotiated, um, to supply them with fresh, fresh produce, including, um, um, herbs like five and celery and, and, um, citrus. I mean, all the produce you have in Dominica because they had a good outlet. Mm-hmm. And, um, they agreed that, okay, yes, it would be a good idea, but in order to bring fresh produce up to Barbados, they would prefer to have a, a facility in Dominica so they could bring down dry goods to that facility, like a supermarket, a retail market, and on the way up, the ship could bring up fresh produce. And we were working on that. I mean, that was a thing we, we had Mr. Joey Pelt, the old director, went up and, and spoke with them and we were moving in that direction. Mm. Because um, marketing of agricultural produce has changed a lot from the days that of the 60s and 70s. You know, we moved from people moved selling them open market into sewer markets. Right. So it, all it, was, it was more, it has, it's a system that allowed you to have standard produce and mm-hmm. steady supply. But it was a great opportunity because you know your market was there. You know, right. you know your market, you know what they wanted, and all you have to do is prepare the production. So it was a great opportunity for us, but we had to have water, we had to have good trained farmers 
and we had to have the proper proper produce and quality. So, so the reason why the reason why I pause him to take our time and go over that because you see, I'm a I'm a mathematics guy. I like to think of myself as a mathematics guy, and I like the I like the, the idea that you pres- that you're telling us that you had definite distinct numbers. You know what I mean? They say if you have to set a goal, your goal has to, you have to be able to measure your goal. It has to be a mathematical goal. You want to have three thousand trained full-time serious farmers. That's a that's a distinct and definite goal. You you need Bible tells you they need so many tons of pepper, that's what they're importing. You can know how many acres of, of peppers you need on the cultivation so that our local farmers can meet the need of the of bevel. Um you 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 recognize that you the amount of acres of land that you would need to be able to have control of the elements, you plan that you're going to irrigate two thousand acres of farmland. And so those those concepts, those ideas, I I feel very, very comfortable with. Um, not you know, not like okay, yeah, we were hoping to make agriculture this and that, and people, you know, just talking general numbers. I'm hearing, I'm hearing very, very concrete specific. and um, yeah, very specific information from you, and I, I, I must say that that impresses me. Um, and, and, and the idea that modernization, and I ask what is modernization, you talk about the support facilities, the engineering unit that, that you guys were putting together for, for the support of the farmers and, and all the different facilities and where you were getting the funding from. So I, I must say that I, I really like what I'm hearing so far. Uh, I, we are at the bottom of the hour, so I, I, I'm going to take a quick break. Um, get, get, get a quick word from our sponsor. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit, go about what hap- what, what was the reason that we had for livestock for, to help in, to help improve our meat, our meat production. Um, I, I would like to, to also, you know, it was United Workers Party. So I have interviewed people from United Workers Party on my program before. The current active guys in United Workers Party. And I haven't heard this kind of thing from them. So how are we, how is the United Workers Party prepared to, to form the next government? Um, are those plans ongoing? Are we ready to Let's take a quick break, Peter. I'm just hanging in there. This is not hang on. Let's take a quick break from the sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to continue on the former minister for Dominica. You know, there are many choices when it comes to domain registration, web hosting, and dedicated servers. But I have to tell you about Jocko Hosting. They're simply the best. With their 99.9% uptime guarantee, 24-7 sales and support teams, you'll never have to worry. Get in touch with them today. They offer plenty of other products and services like SSL certificates, managed WordPress, and more. Call or click today, 480-624-2500. Jocko.com. That's J-A-C-H-Q-O dot com, a G&D Enterprises, Inc. dot com service. All right, listeners, so we're back. Um, as, as we said at the top of the hour, uh, we know, carnival in Dominica, and we are into the carnival spirit, although, you know, there's a little a lot of turmoil going on in Dominica right now. There's a little unrest. There's, there's some strife between the opposition and the government. But, you know, Caribbean people are going to run their masks. Uh, TVN Radio, 
um, sisters establishment TVN TV, TVNTV.net will be carrying the final, um, camp. They'll be carrying the final camp tomorrow night. The champ of the camp, mass camp, mass camp tent. Tomorrow night we'll be carrying that live. So you can, you can tune into that. Uh, on Saturday night, of course, is the Calypso final. And uh, that will also be on tdntv.net. Please, um, remember to do that. Book your space early, um, because, um, hookups will be limited. But welcome back to this weekend interview with your host, Anthony Drago, a production of tdnradio.net. And with me tonight on air, on the line is Mr. Peter Carbon. He is the former Minister of Agriculture for Dominica. And I, I, I just said, that Peter would be an ideal person to come on and to talk to about agriculture in Dominica and in the Caribbean. When the last time I was in Dominica, when I drove around Dominica, I was so saddened to see the, the amount of land that used to be under cultivation that's not under cultivation anymore. I, I, I was very disheartened to see agriculture move away from being the center, being the engine of development in the Dominican economy. And and, and I, I I don't believe that we're doing as well as we used to do when agriculture was was the mainstay. Uh, we we know that we cannot compete with large plantation areas, but there were enough there are enough niche markets and we have enough markets close to us in the Caribbean where we have relative advantage of familiarity and, and proximity that if we choose the right crops, if we do it properly, we could provide our, our, our people with a decent income. But before the break, we spoke about bananas and other, other cash crops that were part of the agricultural sector. And um, Mr. Carbon was you know, outlining the vision he had as Minister of Agriculture. Very, very insightful, very specific information he was giving us. And, and so let's, let's welcome him, you know, let's, let's go back to the discussion. And, um, Peter, as we start the second half of this interview, I wanted to, to move on a little bit from, from the, from the crops, some agricultural crops. Because you said you also had responsibility for, for livestock for forestry, for fisheries, and for parks. So talk to us a little bit about the, 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 the vision, the role that you saw livestock um, playing uh, in the whole agricultural productive sector in Dominica during the time you were Minister of Agriculture. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Joe. Um, thank you, Tony. Um, let me say that, I mean, it's a, it's a really wide topic, and I just think I really um, give you details because... We, we actually, let me just give, give all that information. We actually work with the FAO to mm-hmm. do the research in Dominica to do the bottling of coconut water. You see coconut water, bottling coconut water all about in the supermarket now in the States and everywhere. That work was done, that research was done in Dominica. And we had a seven years period to be able to implement that before any other country had the technology. And that was left to <laughs> unattended by, by our present government. And uh, we also had um, a lot of investment in the greenhouses because, as you know, greenhouses give you a little more stable um, environment for production. So that's mm-hmm. one of the modernization. But in terms of livestock, we built a modern pig breeding unit in, in, in the height of Salisbury. 
and that that was really meant to give you uh, your top breed of pigs. And we had a, a, a um, animal feed factory being built in in Jimit. The building was there, the equipment was in it. That was never taken on again. Because anytime you want to go into livestock production, your major cost is the feed. And right. we recognize the only way we can reduce on the cost of feed is to have a mixing plant in Dominica where we can use local ingredients together with imported stuff so that we can make it more available and cheaper to the farmers. And that was never continued. So it's almost impossible to build a livestock industry without access to a um, reasonable price animal feed. So that, that, that fell, fell through. We also had uh, money for investment in, in moving our livestock station from stock farm where it was by the college up to um, Mount Prosper where we would have a brilliant unit. The government took the money, put it in the land dairy, and I don't think it never developed from there. You know, we also had a tissue culture facility. As you know, tissue culture is a real modern way, high-tech modern way of preparing plants. Just today, I visited, uh, I inspected a tissue culture facility in, in Florida. And that's the way to go to get high-quality planting material for anything. And to get plant. consistent, consistent planting material. Yeah. Yes, and high-quality. And that mm-hmm. was just dumped in an area as if it had no value and, and, and I think it's cows that's in there now, you know. So, um, that was lost. In, in terms of, 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 um, livestock, I mean, we can produce enough livestock for, to supply our, our, our meat production in Dominica. And, um, is, is, I mean, the government said that they're doing an abattoir. Abattoir is just the final product where you want to slaughter animals. It's just sort of house, really. Mm-hmm. But you right. can't, it, it doesn't really support the production. You need breeding, you need feed, and you need farmers to go in and, and, and actually produce the animals. And then you could have a, a, a butchering and processing and storage of, of your meat. So you put the, the, the put, you put the, the last, the last thing first. The abattoir should be last after you develop the other sector areas. And then you think of processing and, um, butchering and processing. But um, that was what we had for livestock. I mean, the money was available for for implementing because, as you know, in government, you you don't have any money at hand. You have to mm-hmm. those projects and go out and negotiate for funding. And we right. had funding from from the French government to help us with livestock, livestock um, development. Okay, in terms of but, national but, parks, uh, yeah. Yeah, we talk about parks. Okay, let's talk about parks. Yeah, yeah. You, as you know, we we got the the Montapito National Park. Which is a whole heritage site, and that uh, that was supposed to be a major marketing thrust for Dominica tourism, ecotourism, and I, I haven't heard anything happening there. But we 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 also um, introduced the tourism visitor centers um, in Trafalgar, in um, in um, Casablas there, the the pool. yeah, yes, in um, Portsmouth at the Indian River. So we built all those centers, we put in washroom facilities and areas for tourists to socialize and everything. And we start using, um, collecting a user fee. And mm-hmm. that was done by United Wars Party. And that too was never, I just think never developed into what we wanted. We purchased a thousand acres of land in the heights of Syndicate to, for pirate conservation. Mm-hmm. And, um, we had a bird watching facility being built up there to help, um, bringing some income for these farmers up there because, as you know, pirate was, was a major problem for some of these farmers with the citrus. But right. uh, a bird watching industry up, up in Syndicate would, 
definitely bring some funding for them. So that, that's what we were doing. I mean, the whole idea was to, to use the natural resource to provide mm-hmm. opportunities for income for, for the farmers. And, right. um, and in, in a general form, eh, agriculture, the production of agriculture is just about 10% um, value of the industry. Because remember, you're going from farm to plate. And mm-hmm. there are so many support institutions that are required for transportation, for packaging, for processing, for, I mean, that provide jobs. So if you have 10 jobs on the farm, you could provide another, another 90 jobs from the farm to the market, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what you have to do in your modern, in modernizing agriculture. Not only depend on the, 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 the fresh product, but how you can add value to it and add jobs, add jobs to it. So where it becomes so the engine, the, the, the main engine of the economy, um, well, as, you know, agriculture. Yeah, but what you, what you have, you have science and technology being introduced and you have your, mm-hmm. your, your, your students who come when they study can come and get opportunities in research in terms of using their, their, their skills in making more, adding more value to that product. Not only helping the farmers make more money, but also adding value to the product. You know, and that's, that's the way you, you want to build your industries. Because you want your your science and technology to be part of the development, you know. I remember. So, I remember. I remember clearly. I had a I had a, a, a company in Dominica at the time, Caribbean, and we we were engaged in developing a, a agricultural um, management um, software that was supposed to manage the contract farming aspect of agriculture. We we'd done. Um, I think we were probably like 85% complete at the time of the election. Um, so, so I'm a little bit familiar with some of the initiatives that were taken at the time. But, so, so let's talk fisheries, if you, if, if we may. What was the yeah. vision for, 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 for your ministry in terms of, of fishing? Because at the time I remember, you know, fishing was relegated to be uh, a profession for people that did not learn in school. When you don't learn, in, when you, if you don't go to school, your parents will tell you, when you don't want to learn in school, you'll go by the bay and send stone, you know, and send stones after fish, uh, or, or that kind of thing. And, and so fishing had really gotten a bad, um, reputation in Dominica. What, 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 what kind of plans did you have to bring fishing into the right place as a, as a respectable well, profession that could contribute to the economy? Yes, I, I, most of our, our subsistence way of life didn't really need much education. Mm-hmm. And what education gave us, gave us an opportunity to, to modernize it and make it more efficient. So fishing was becoming more efficient. We had a um, fishing device out there, we call them fads, fishing attractive device. So fishermen actually had to have some skills um, that's for deep sea fishing. And, and, and it was being developed and... Um, I know it's, they continue, the fishery division continues to move on it, but we lost a lot because we had a, a modern hatchery, marine hatchery being built in Donkey Beach with, I mean, with the help of the Taiwanese. And, um, it was really meant to repopulate our coastal areas with the type of fish that we lost through hurricanes and through other, other disasters. So if you know, one time with Dominica had Gokuli was a big thing in Dominica. Mm, right. But, but that, that almost disappeared, you know. So they would, they would catch the fish, get the eggs, hatch them out, bring up, grow them up, and then repopulate the, the, the coastal areas. Lobsters, mm-hmm. kongs, and all the, 
all the other um, high price stuff we had in Dominica. Mm-hmm. And that was built. That was that was the building was built, the computers, everything was in there. You know, and, and, and that just went to waste. You know, and as you know, we, we also started our freshwater fish program. We had prawn farming, we had tilapia growing. All mm. this was being done in Dominica. You know, we had um we had the technic technology being introduced by the Taiwanese and farmers were being recruited for for participating in, in that technology. And um that also was discontinued, you know. Um so there's a there's a lot Dominica can offer, a lot that we the policymakers can offer the people um to make a livelihood. And and um I'm not I'm not too sure that we have the people focusing on the right policies and the right support, right programs um, to get give our people a chance to make a livelihood from this important um, industry. So, um, right. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. In, ter- in terms of national parks, mm-hmm. as you know, we 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 said that we were well, we were um, nature island of the Caribbean, and um, we try to build using nature not only to look for ourselves, but to invite other people to see. And by that, we can make some income. And uh, I was confident that we had um, our trails being maintained and being built. For that matter, the national trade, approval for the national trade was given to Mr. Bernard Wiltshire during our time. Um, mm-hmm. He came and bring the proposal, and we think it was good. We said, yes, go ahead, and he went out to look for funding. And and that should be a, a flagship, really, for 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 enjoying the nature of the nature isle Dominica. Um, but I, I, it was built, but I don't think it was just that the white elephant. It's not being promoted, it's not being used. The national, the national trails that would take you to different aspect highlights in Dominica where you could hike, um, the, the trails and see the, the various, um, sp- um, the spots. Spot. Scenic, scenic yes. spots. Yeah. Yes. So let me take a quick pause. It's 10 minutes to 9 o'clock. Um, I can probably take one or two calls if there are any listeners that would like to join the conversation. The number you can call is area code 617-372-0107. 617-372-0107. If you want to join the conversation or if you have a question for our guest tonight on this week in interview, Mr. Peter Cabon, the former uh, Minister of Agriculture, for all the Commonwealth of Dominica. So, Peter, as I was telling you, I've had a few um, members of the United Locust Party, currently active members of the United Locust Party on my show. And I've asked them some questions about plans that they have if they were to get into government. Um, I don't know if they were keeping their plans close to their chest, but I did not get anything specific as you were telling me from them in terms of what were they offering as an alternative to what's going on currently agriculture and the other sectors in, in Dominica. Um, I, I, I mean, are, this, are, are, those, are, they, are they familiar with the plans that, that was going on? And uh, as if, you know, um, before you answer that, I have a call on the line. Let's, 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 let's go to the caller. you. Hello, Carla, are you there? Yes, I'm there. What's up, Tony? Welcome to the senior Alvin. Um, I, I, you know, I'm having a very interesting discussion with, with Mr. Carbon. 
the former Minister of Agriculture, I mean, Dominica, very specific and very um, concrete ideas that he's outlined the United Lucas Party government has in the wing government. Yes, yes, I'm listening to the program. Good evening, Peter. How are you doing, man? Oh, I'm fine. This is Alvin here, Alvin Thomas. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> yes. I'm, in, I'm in Atlanta, man. Good to hear you, Peter. It's so refreshing, oh, I, man. I'm next door. I'm in Gainesville, Florida. I know, I know. You must come up that <laughs> side sometime, man. We could hang out for a little while, or I'll come down, whichever way. <laughs> no problem. I used to be coming up because my daughter used to be up there. I know your daughter used to be up there. That's right. She's now moving. Let's go. We're approaching the end of the hour, so let's. No, but but in conversation. One of the things, though, I think, um, and and basically everything you've said there is so right on point. And as you may recall, when the UWP came into office, one of the ministries that they set up as a separate ministry was the Ministry of Tourism. And Honorable Norris Prevo was the Minister for Tourism. Mm -hmm. And I was spearheaded and mandated to set up that ministry from scratch, put it, because there was no ministry before. Tourism was with another ministry. And um, I was then, at the time, the Assistant Secretary to the Minister in that Ministry of Tourism. Honorable Norris Prevo. And some of the things that you mentioned regarding the national parks and the trails and all of that, you remember the time that uh, Randy Peters and Randy was in the ministry with me and we spearheaded all of that along with the NDC. And one critical major project which you haven't mentioned is the World Music Creole Festival. That was a doing of, of, of the government at the time, Honorable um, Norris Prevo and Sheridan Gregor, and we felt that at the time we could start what was then uh, called the World Music Creole Festival, which today is a major festival, but in itself hasn't developed to the level that it should. So I think it's a very interesting conversation. Um, as I think Tony has rightly said, uh, without a plan, you don't know where you're going. And, and that is a sad and unfortunate thing that we're seeing right now that the current administration does seem to have a clear, specific plan. Even the question of the abattoir, as you rightly pointed, the abattoir is the final stage of the last end of the livestock project. The first thing you have to do, of course, is feed livestock and then an abattoir. But you can't have an abattoir if farmers don't have the, 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 the cattles and the feed to produce and raise the animals for the abattoir. So I'm listening, very interested conversation, man. So I, I won't take more time because, as Tony said, the program is coming to an end. But very, very lively discussion. Alvin, thank you so much for, for your contribution. And, and as a person who was actively involved at the time, as you said, you were assistant secretary in the Ministry of Tourism. Um, you, you could shed that light and remind us, um, the World Prayer Music Festival was indeed, um, started under the, only like, like workers. Party government. So as usual, Alvin, your contribution is always and, and, and one more, one more, one more thing too that the Caribbean Tourism Organization, during our tenure, during my tenure there at the Ministry of Tourism, we hosted the the Tourism uh, CTO conference in Dominica. I don't think since after that the CTO have ever hosted a conference in Dominica. In Dominica. So 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 definitely that there was there were a little more um happening so peter as we as we right. come to the Take care, man. Alvin, listening right yeah thank, thank you so much man for as usual as i said your contribution is always welcome and appreciated and good to know that you're listening yeah but but, but peter um you know I, I i was asking you about 
passing on yeah. that knowledge to the current active guys in the United Workers Party because I okay. don't understand. We, we don't hear yeah. this kind of um, positive alternatives being put forward that people can say, okay, because one of the biggest criticism we hear is that these guys don't seem like they have an alternative plan. They don't, they're, not, they're not providing a viable alternative to the present government. That's a major criticism that I hear all the well, time. That, 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 that is not so. I mean, I'm still involved in terms of providing policy support to the, to mm-hmm. the body. Um, mm-hmm. I'm involved. I helped write the, the manifesto, but you can't really put out everything in detail mm-hmm. during the mm-hmm. campaign stage. Um, but, um, given the, the history of the United Works Party, the, the people of Dominica know that the uh, United Works Party will provide the kind of investment and, and direction that I could need to, to move forward. Uh, my biggest disappointment in, in, in agriculture in Dominica really is the failure of the government to implement um, agriculture in the curriculum of the schools. I mean, that we had a consultant for two years who wrote the curriculum for elementary and secondary schools um, to prepare from our people, our young people, to appreciate the value of agriculture. Um, because agriculture is not just going and plant, plant food, man. It's, it's taking care of the environment as well as um, production and food, you know. So I was I'm disappointed that they, they never introduced that. That was an easy one because all the work has been done already and um, they also allow it to, to die. Um, in terms of the direction of United Works Party, I, I mean, a lot of Dominicans I know, including myself, would like to be, go back home and assist in the production process. But presently, the, the country doesn't offer any opportunity for you to use your skills and talent to help the country grow. You know, I mean, you here in Dominica, you'll be really frustrated because everybody seems to be sitting around waiting for some gifts or some fever um, to survive. Nobody is taking initiative. Nobody is using their, their talent to make Dominica a more productive country. And that is a disappointment that Mr. Thomas and yourself and myself and all the other people who got the, the training and ready to help the country is waiting for the opportunity to wait to go back and, and really help um the country move on as a, as a country. Um, so I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm presently I'm working with the Department of Agriculture here in Florida, and I've learned a lot, got a lot of experience um, with the training I had and my exposure in Dominica, and uh, I'm willing to to be back and and help <laughs> help bring back our country to a productive country where people are looking forward to making a livelihood from the resources that God has blessed us with. So so. As we close in your final statement, I, I wanted to look at the, if you, if you, from your vantage point of having been there right in the thick of things, controlling things from, from a, you know, as a general in, in the war, and you look at now, um, the, of course, the, the global environment has changed. Do you think that the opportunities that were available at the time, um, 16 years ago, for Dominica to have a thriving agriculture industry. Do you still see those opportunities existing? I think it has increased tenfold. We have much more opportunity now because the marketing system, everybody looks for exotics. Everybody looking for something special. I mean, it seems like bread nut. You know what you could do with bread nut? I mean, if I bread nut in, you can bread nut in the store here. You know, you look at sorrel. You know, you find dry sorrel. I mean, and everybody is willing to try new things. You know what, what is easy to have a product, like in Dominica, like our yams, and prepare, let's say yam pies. Dominican know how to make yam pies, which is even better than potato pies and macaroni pie. 
So we could have a system where we prepare the the yam powder or mm-hmm. the mixture, and they all, all you have is add water and put it in the, in the in the oven, and then you have a, a pie, and you could increase the value of your yams. You, you understand? Dashing, mm-hmm. frozen dashing. You could get frozen dashing in the store. Ripe planting chips, you know. So so the the, the marketing system now give us an opportunity to 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 really enter into markets. You know, we could rent a spot in the supermarket and display our project, our, our product, yeah, mm-hmm. and have um, right. have a chef or a video showing how to prepare it. And people will try it because that's that's what that's the way life is now, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so there are plenty more opportunities for us now than it had <laughs> 10, 15 years ago where we were planting bananas and putting the box and sent to England. Mm-hmm. Now I think we can explore a lot, a lot of new avenues, you know. See, like mommy apple, you know, that crop, we can get it. You know, I mean, there's so many things that Dominica can grow, and everything has value now. Breadfruit. <laughs> I saw an article the other day about the value of breadfruit. You know? You know, so, so, you know I, buy, I buy breadfruit in Brooklyn. You know, small breadfruit that you in Dominica will probably not even bother to pick. I buy them in Brooklyn for nine years so for one, right? I, I'm telling you, man. And, yeah. and because exotic food is, is the honor of the day. People want to try new things. People want to. You know, so so we ha- we have all those exotic fruits in Dominica, or at its potential to produce them because I don't think we have them again because nobody planting again. You know, mm-hmm. everybody living on what our parents planted, but the opportunity exists for us to increase our income as a tenfold in agriculture. No, you know, that's 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 what we're going to leave it. It's nine o'clock, so let's let's do our closing remarks and um. And then, you know, let's, let's talk to the people, the people in Dominica who are listening, who may, who may be farmers, people in diaspora who, who may have family with land in Dominica, people who are looking at what agriculture has turned into and maybe losing hope. What, what are your final words for, for, for Well, my final word is that we, we all was, was born with talents. The Father blessed us with talents and skills, and we must be given the opportunity to use talents to make a life for ourselves and our families. We can't continue to depend on handouts because, as you know, um, everybody that depends on handouts always remain poor and miserable. Mm-hmm. And somebody who has to depend on a person to provide their basic needs live in poverty. And your right. children will be even worse off than you. Like we see in states, everybody that's unwelfare you never get out of poverty. And th- that seems to be the only thing in Dominica, whereas... Our grandparents who were not educated was able to make a livelihood from the land. We are educated, went to high school, with its proper training, proper policy, we can make a better life for ourselves. And uh, thank you for the opportunity, Tony. And, um, it helped me think about Dominica even more. And I'm <laughs> willing to. The pleasure, the pleasure is mine to have, to have this conversation with you. Thank you very much. And good night. And good night, Peter. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. All right, bye bye. Anytime. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. So where we have it, listeners, uh, another awesome and and interview. I I I hope you agree with me that we we had a whole lot of information from from Peter Peter Carbon, the the former minister of agriculture for Dominica, was my guest tonight on this weekend interview, and wow, what what information that he shared, what specific vision and plans. And we the, the good thing about this is that we, I think that most of these plans are still 
doable. It's very, very much doable. I want to thank Alvin as usual for, for calling in and, and letting us, you know, and contributing because all the experience that you have, um, there's a lot of people who can benefit. Engineer and producer Sam, always keeping the mics live and, and doing a stellar job of, of keeping this weekend interview sounding crisp and clear. Thank you for that. So this weekend interview is a production of TDN Radio. .net, and I'm your host, Anthony Driver. We do this again next week, Wednesday. This has been This Week in Interview, and I thank you for joining us. Uh, enjoy the rest of the week and the weekend. Good night.